0: A dose of black joy and caffeine on all podcast streaming platforms making it the number one go-to podcast for black creative marketing pr and tech professionals season six of a dose of black joy and caffeine podcast is fueled by jet and for our 100th episode we're chatting with Dalen Gong, president of jet huge thanks to jet for being an inspiration to podcasters such as myself and amplifying Black voices and narratives since 1951. Well, now that we've shared a dose of Black joy with you, let's turn things up a notch on today's episode of A Dose of Black Joy and Caffeine. Hello! Hello! <laughs> you made it, man! You made it! You made it! You in here? I made it!
1: I met you. Know I've been excited about this. Uh, yes, I did make it. I was uh I it,
0: man. Well, welcome! 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 How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, you looking good, man? You know, yeah. as always. I mean, listen, I had to do it, man. Season season six, episode one hundred.
1: Oh, this the hundred episode. I got the hundred. You got the oh, hundred, man. Man, man, I got to you do it. You make you making me feel good, man. You know I'm
0: intentional. <laughs> you, know, you know, you know, you know. I got a plan. That's why I, I be having. I be having to wait. See, I couldn't have. I couldn't just have you on a like a and and no. You know, nothing against whoever was on episode thirty six, but like that's. That's too
1: Shout out to 36, man. Shout out to 36.
0: <laughs> that, but that's, you know, and that's, that's not even your style. You know, like anybody that knows you, you don't even roll like that. It's like <laughs> first is too late. 50, 50's not big enough. So I'm like, I got to have D on episode
1: 100, man. It only felt nah, right. I appreciate it, man. You know, like I said, I, I've been excited. You know, I, you know how I feel about you, but I'll tell your audience how I feel about you You're one of my favorite creatives and just a genuine good friend and always has been Um, in our time we worked together, which when I think back to it and over the span of my entire career, our time working together was very short. It was, yeah. Really take from that part of it just to be able to see like, you know what? I really like Justin Adu. I like Adu. That is a good guy. And just for us to be able to maintain contact you know, it's nothing for me to text you or you to hit me up and quick responses, whatever platforms we're on. So to see kind of you flourish and the things that you've been able to do has has definitely warmed my heart. And so I am proud to be here at this particular moment. Uh I wanted to make sure I got that out. You know, I, I get sentimental in my old age. So I'm trying to make sure, <laughs> you know, I no. keep those things there. Listen,
0: those those knees ain't old the amount of events that you be at or whatever you're doing. That's-
1: <laughs> They are not. Oh, Lord <laughs> yeah. man.
0: I'm like, I'm like, man, how is he still moving like that? But for the people at home listening, man, introduce yourself.
1: My name is Dalen A. Goff. Um, I, I hear my my uh director of marketing in the in my ear every time because I, I always have to say my name is Dalen A. Goff, and I'm the president of Jet. Yeah. Uh because that's a big deal. It's and I recognize that how huge that is. But my name is Dalen Goff. I'm just a kid from Kansas City, Kansas, who has received the opportunity to do some great things uh, all across this country, all across the world. And I am genuinely happy to be here.
0: Oh yeah man I'm happy for you to be here too and the president of jet and we're, we're talking about president of jet that has been founded by John H Johnson my frat brother 1938 theta chapter of alpha He's phi so alpha fraternity <laughs>
1: <laughs> You alphas, boy, y'all quick to you know. You know that was founded by <laughs> and <laughs> this the running joke. I am a cap. I am a proud member of Cap Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated, and so you know we love the alphas as well. You yeah, know. definitely. I no, no, no.
0: But the oh. only the only reason why I shouted it out, you know, 1938 theta chapter is just, I think the history. like it's yes, it's, it's history beyond history of like, yeah. what you're doing. So I'm I'm excited. but for the people listening at home, yes, we have Dalen Golf here. and to that standpoint, yes, he mentions that he's the president of Jet. But before joining Jet, he was the head of cultural strategy for Initiative, the media agency of record for brands like Amazon and T Mobile. And then prior to that, he was the director of marketing at WingStop. So, what's significant about that is that if you follow WingStop's social media handle, oh, think that even if he was not pushing the post button, which sometimes he may have been behind it, yeah. for him to say for him to say yes to something it's still a big role because it is completely unhinged in the best way but at wingstop yeah. he was responsible for the brand's social media as well as influencer marketing um and then as i mentioned i know i was talking about his knees earlier but uh that also included a lot of experiential events yes. yeah do you have a number on it i was thinking Ooh. about this like do you have you have you sat down one saturday and said let me take just Eight hours to write down how many events you have hosted or thrown.
1: I now need to do that. I'm writing that down because I I don't have a number. Um, I do remember even from a standpoint of right around the time Instagram started. Um, was it probably like 2011, 2012 ish? Mm-hmm. Um, I got on and one of my my rationale or reasons of joining instagram because i like the picture aspects of it was to show my nieces all the places and the cool things that i'm able to do yeah and so being able to keep a chronicle of that in one particular place was kind of my intention and in being able to do that but no i need to go back and look because you're right it, it got to be it's gotten to be a point to whereas. There's very few things that I haven't done. Now I'm seeking out, you know, opportunities. My wife and I, when we travel, and a lot of times we want to go to the off-the-wall places. Like I just went on our, we had a celebrated our fifth anniversary in March. Nice, and to- we took a trip to Europe. But we didn't just, we didn't go to Paris. We didn't go to London. We didn't go to, you know, Italy. We went to Prague, Vienna, and Budapest. Hmm. Why? Cause those sound like cool places. I <laughs> been. Like I'm, I've read about them in the encyclopedia kids. You know, if you're watching encyclopedia, this book that used to be basically Google. Oh yeah. And, they know uh, what the encyclopedia you know. is. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> Those are things that we saw and wanted to explore and find those things out and kind of go off a little bit on the beaten path. And it helps from a creativity standpoint just to be able to see that thing that maybe is almost there or you may have heard of. but it's like, you know what, let's go. Let's check it out. Let's see it. I think it kind of helps that. But number of events. Yeah, it's it's probably in the thousands, Um, probably close to. ah, Definitely hundreds. I don't know if I've reached a thousand yet. I but... think you have. I think you have. <laughs> if
0: you, even if you go down to like many events and or not yeah. even events that you have like strong arm to where yeah. you're getting on planes and you're doing the operations, but just events that you even are playing like an operational role, you know, Yeah. yeah. Um, which for you to be in it so deep. I'm wondering when you graduated from the University of Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. Was that your perspective on going into marketing? Or what was your idea and your thinking process of this is what marketing? Because I'm pretty sure, were they teaching you about experiential marketing in that program?
1: Absolutely not. But I was learning about experiential marketing just by going to school. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people don't realize, well, some do if they knew me from that area and knew me from Oklahoma, but I was the DJ in college. So I was the dude, they hired for every frat party, for all of the things that were happening on campus, for the big step show, um, everything kind of ran through me. And so that was what I say was my first introduction into experiential marketing. Because when you think about experiential marketing, you're creating experiences, you're curating experiences on behalf of a brand. Mm -hmm. And I was doing that. So when the alphas would hire me to DJ their party, I was curating that experience on behalf of the brand of the Zeta Zeta chapter of Alpha Phi Alpha Alpha from the University of Oklahoma. I had to make sure that when people came there, they were like, my God, that Alpha Party was off the chain, man. It was this, it was this. And who was curating that? Me, because I was the only factor in there. And then also on a flip side, if I played, if my equipment broke, or if I played the wrong song at the wrong time or gave the wrong shout out, that also could have negative consequences that come from it. Because they would be somebody that would just be there as a student or come into the party. It's like, oh man, I paid my five dollars to get in, and that party was whack. I need my money back. So that is literally the things that I was taking and then translating that in the future to where I got to from an experiential marketing standpoint. But It was definitely a journey for me to even get all the way there. I, you know, people think, you know, it's a straight line. Oh, you graduated from Oklahoma and management marketing degree. You went right into marketing. Absolutely not. I took the craziest journey to get me right to the place (laughs) that I probably should have been the whole time. Yeah. But I wouldn't trade the journey because that journey and everything that happened in those years before, you know, I graduated 2000, end of 2001, early 2002. I started at the marketing arm in 2012. So it was a decade of, different things that happened that played into getting me there. And then once that got me there, I pulled from all of those decades of experience into do the things that I needed to do from a career standpoint.
0: Nice. I love that. I love that you mentioned that because, you know, you have some people that are so quick to say, oh, yeah, I did. I'm, I'm doing this now, but I'm not even using my degree. And it's like, no, you are using your
1: degree. You're just using it in a different way, you know? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I appreciate the journey. That's probably the biggest thing when I speak on panels or speak to young people. I have so many different mentees that I didn't even realize was my mentee. They just automatically connect. But that's all about being able to tell my story. So therefore they can understand that it is an overall journey in order to be able to get to a certain place. And because we live in a world right now that is, is a microwave society is I think it. I should be able to have it right now. So why don't I, and then when you can't get it right now, there's the frustration that comes there. And so understanding though, that when you need to bake something, you don't want to microwave, you want to bake, yeah. you yeah. want to set the timer, you want to be able to let it marinate, let it meld together because that just creates this greater quality product. So therefore, it isn't something that you get quick because then that becomes disposable. But you know that it takes time. You savor it a lot more. And I think right now I'm in my savory stage. I am savoring every single thing that I've ever done. And it's coming back to life because of what I have to deal with in managing a 70-year-old startup like I do.
0: Well, yeah. And I mean, we're, I guess we can get to that next. Cause you mentioned We'll get to that. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, you mentioned, cause you, but you mentioned 70 years startup and I just want to like, you gave me my flowers. I just want to give you yours because I don't know if it's the, maybe the marketer in me or because I'm like strategy or whatnot, but if the way that Jet has been reintroduced to me, it feels so more like welcoming, you know, to whereas I think that when things are being reintroduced sometimes it could be a bit aggressive and it's like boom let's put drake right here or like in front of you but i think that whether it's the stuff that you've done with kev on stage and miss kev on stage you know or even the stuff that you recently did with slutty vegan uh Mm -hmm. for many of you that attended CultureCon, which i'm sure it's several of my listeners i'm pretty sure when you got that program it was a jet program Um, Can you walk us through, I think, the thinking of where Jet is today and that overall approach of, like, making sure that you don't lose the history of Jet while still, um, you know, honoring so many of the influencers and amazing things that are culturally relevant?
1: Yeah. So I think the biggest thing that I've been really looking at it from a strategic standpoint is, you know, looking back in order to move forward and then also understanding Jet's position from a cultural perspective, meaning there's a tremendous amount of ownership that we all have in the brand. And we have to be able to lean on that part of it. Uh, I it's a common thing that happens when people find out what I do for a living. For one, especially here in, in Birmingham, Alabama, I was just at the barber the other day, a new barber around the corner from uh, my house, and you know, I know the question is gonna come up because that's just a normal thing, you people. Oh, so you are in town for business. I was like, No, I live here. Oh, so what do you do? And I always laugh a little bit because I just I'd be like, here it comes. Okay, yeah. get ready to have this conversation. <laughs> listen, and listen, then-
0: I have the same way with God names once they hear the once I once they ask me my name and I say adieu, I'm like, here we go. Here All we right, go.
1: Right, we so know what's good. about to happen. And so right. I just laugh and I was like, I'm and I'm proud of it. So I just say I'm the president of Jet. And then it's like, wait a minute, like jet, jet? I'll be like, yes. And then they immediately go into their jet story. Oh man, I remember when I was about 12 and I used to get every jet and and they go through that process. And then once they tell me that, and I was like, yeah, it happens all the time. Then they go into, well, what are y'all doing? And I was like, we're coming back. This is where we were. This is what happened from when John H. Johnson had it, you know, sold off. And then it went into bankruptcy. And now we, you know, my parent company purchased it about two or three years ago. And now we're figuring out the ways to make it relevant. And then everybody gives me their pitch of what we should do. And Mm -hmm. I will tell you, the barber, it was so funny because he's like, well, you know, y'all need to get a Facebook page. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's your big idea? Like, yeah. like oh yeah, I'm telling you man, that I was like, okay, you know, and I, without going too in depth, but I just be like, no, we have these things that are out there. Yes, printing, you know, is challenging. The magazine industry is totally different. I look at Jet more beyond a magazine. So even in my conversations, I don't say I'm the president of Jet Magazine. I say I'm the president of Jet period, full stop, because it doesn't put us in a box of what we can be. Sure, we can release a magazine if we want to. We can release a partnership. We can release a content piece. We can release quite a few different things under the Jet name. But when you see those three letters, you immediately know what it is. And there's value in that Because I know from building brands that I've done in the past, being able to have that visual recognition off jump that is worth so much. And even down to when when I first came on, there was conversations about the same things that you're talking about. Of Oh, we're going to launch it, revamp, it's the new jet, and we're going to change the logo and do all of this. And I was like, no, 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 no. We can't change the logo. Yeah, And it was like, well, well why? Not? I mean, we need to you know, let people know that it's new and have a big launch event. And I was like, no, we have to just make people feel that we've already been here, that we've never went anywhere. We want to make sure that is, con- because jet is consistent. I want to make sure that jet feels like an old oak tree, mm-hmm. not a firework. Because there are certain things and that happen you know, in this microwave society that we live in. You get something, it blows up. Oh, that was great. And then you forget about it and you move on to the next one. Whereas I want to make sure that, you don't see that old oak tree growing. You don't see it every single day, but you know it's there and it's established and it's going to be there forever. And so one of my initial things, uh, the, the, the logo shifted uh, from the previous company when it went fully digital to more of a modern print, things of that nature. And you're a visual, so you kind of yeah. understand these things. And I was like, now nah, we got to go back to the OG because that OG, <laughs> yeah. that script logo was there. And when you see it, you immediately... Think, oh man, Jet Magazine, Jet, I remember when, I remember Beauty of the Week, I remember the top 20 albums, I remember people getting married, I remember world affairs, I remember all the facets of it, but it's all encompassed and curated by those three letters, that script logo. And so that was one of the things from a strategy standpoint of being able to say, let's lean into that. We can't just lean into that. We have to figure out the ways to make it modern and do the things that make sense for right now. But why throw away all of that history, especially understanding that the name "jet," yes, we know what it means to us, but it's a common name. You have the New York Jets, you have a jet plane, you got Benny and the Jets, you got all these things that use the (laughs) word "jet." Yeah, but yeah, when yeah, you see that script logo when you see this, you know exactly what mean. it creates an emotional tie and it creates an ownership and we want to be able to pull from that to be able to take them where we want to go. So the nostalgia aspect of it tapping into that that brings them into the fold. And then once they're into the fold, then I can be able to direct wherever I need them to go.
0: I love it. I love it. Beautifully said. And I mean, I think that you just mentioned like all the different jets that exist, but I also feel like it's very community based and driven to where when you're at, even if you say jet, I'm not even thinking about any of those other things. I'm thinking about Jet Magazine. You know what I mean? Because I'm in media, that's what I do. And so that is like, but it comes down to, I think, the history and just how iconic it's been over time. Even as I think about it now, I'm like, and you talking the way that social and I think blogs exist culturally, whether it comes through covering celebrities or covering, you know, um, the the women out here that are killing the game, Jet was already doing that ahead of so many people. So I really, really do love that. Yeah. Um, So something that I do want to dive into is for uh, my listeners listening at home, obviously, you're the president of Jet right now. But you also had pretty significant runs on the brand side whether you are working um for or even with AT&T or yeah. even Stop for brands that want to collaborate with Jet in some capacity now with you being the president of Jet and I'm sure you're working with a lot of brands none that I ma- none that I named is there a, um, a way that oh, you're want to work of- with all of them? We want to work with all oh, well, yeah, of them. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you want to work with all of them. But my question is, like, how should brands be approaching Jet from a from a collaboration standpoint or even from a partnership standpoint?
1: Oh, that's all. That's absolutely what we want to do. That's where our value is, is through collaboration and partnership what we recognize of who we are and you come from the media industry and agency world um i like to speak about jet as the agency of record for black culture Mm -hmm. we have been the curators we're like a museum we're like the african-american museum of history and culture we are the full encompassing with ebony our sister uh brand as well but it's all encompassing and so from a brand perspective for those brands that, that desire the authenticity, those are the ones we want to partner with and that see the value. Because if you, as you talked about, AT&T, for example, which is kind of the client we, we met working on, they mm-hmm. want authenticity to come in from an audience perspective or at least be able to recognize or highlight the things that they're doing. Partnering mm-hmm. with a brand like Jet makes absolute sense because... As you just talked about, when you see those three letters or you hear jet, you immediately tap into it. And in a lot of ways, with all the media that you're getting bombarded with on a regular basis, you want to try to find things that break through. And one of the things that does break through is like, wait a minute, AT&T is doing something with jet. Let me at least check it out. And then from that perspective, where you have that authenticity, that transfer of trust that's there, then what we also provide is a certain level of amplification because you want to see a lot of people to see it. That's the purpose of media. You do one thing and you want everybody to be able to see it. So from our perspective, we have the ability to do both of those. We provide the authenticity and then we also give you the amplification. And so that's where we're having those conversations with brands and the ones that get it, understand the value of that. And it's also one of the reasons why we need and why it's always that push to have, um, Key people in key positions that understand that. Yeah,
0: Uh, one of the. um, That was a very nice way of saying. Absolutely, because you don't. Basically, he's letting you know you can't talk to Ed. You can't be out here talking to anybody and everyone.
1: Well, here's the thing with Jet. Um, I I make the joke about the fact that it hasn't been gentrified, Hmm. meaning. Well, and, and this has come into practice. Some of my old colleagues that I've worked with, some white colleagues that I've worked with, they'll they'll ask, so Dalen, what are you doing now? And I was like, oh, I'm the president of JET. And they'll be like, well, what is that? And I'm, instead of getting offended, I'm like, yes, because it still feels something that's ownable by us. It's the head nod when you walk into a restaurant. It's yeah. the kind of inside baseball. It's the things that, you know, like it's, It's common, it's around, but everybody doesn't know about it. And so therefore we still have a certain level of ownership. And so then I explained to them, oh, it's, you know, you you know what Ebony is? Oh yeah, Ebony Magazine, Johnson Public, they'll know all of that part of it. I was like, well, Jet was the weekly. Ebony came out monthly, Jet was the weekly. But when you translate that to a Black culture standpoint, I was just at um, last year in November, I was at Afrotech. Nice. Yeah, I was at an shout event. Out a- to, uh, shout out to Morgan DuBon. Shout out to Morgan. Love the event. I'm trying to come back next year. Morgan called me. But yeah. uh <laughs> one of the things that I, w- I was there at an event and um maybe a YouTube event or something like that. And I'm just walking around, and you know, I'm always branded. I'm a walking brand because this is what I do. So I had on a jet shirt, and it was this black guy came up, and he was like, um, he was like, oh, that's a dope shirt. And I was like, oh, appreciate it. He's like, so what's Jet? And before I was able to even explain to, there were two girls that weren't in the part of the conversation that I had never met before. and what It almost like they came off the top rope from <laughs> wrestling, like jump in and was like, wait a minute, you don't know what Jet is? And oh. then they start schooling him at this moment. I almost felt bad for the guy, but it was almost like, Hey, take care of my light work. Like, I didn't even have to do anything because they had that emotional connection and they wanted to make sure he was educated in that. It was like, you're black and this black, you need to know what Jet is. And come to find out he was an immigrant, his parents never really had it. So he didn't necessarily know he's from DC, all of those things, but he got that education process right there. And so I love seeing those things to be able to kind of bring to life and understand that, yes, brands, if you wanna be able to connect from a very authentic way, got a very good and easy product to be able to do it. And then I also can amplify it. And for us, we just know it's, it's. I use this and we are like, these three letters are like Supreme. Yeah, absolutely. I ask people all the time, what does Supreme do? And they're like, oh, well, they make this merch? And, and I said, but no, what do they do? <laughs> <laughs> what do they do when yeah. they make clothes and they put it i was like is it always clothes because i've seen a hammer i've seen a clock no i've seen I see, I see some oreos i seen some oreos i've seen all of that but it's not about what supreme does it's what they mean what it means to people mm-hmm. and i think that's kind of the same thought process that i look at jet it's not about necessarily what we do we don't have to do magazines we don't have to do these things it's about what we mean to people and if you're able to take that and extract that cultural capital, that brand equity, and then project it into the places and spaces that make sense, then everybody wins. Everybody lifts from that.
0: I love it. Beautifully said. And I mean, you're doing that, you know, day in and day out for Jet. I would imagine some of this, while still you're strategic and this marketing naturally comes to you, when you were working on, I think, other brands that yep. maybe didn't get it, how did you get brands to understand and get culture? Oh, it was
1: hard. And this is, and you you reckon at this time frame from 2012 to 2018, 19, I always say, you know, pre-George Floyd, yeah. uh, it's almost like BC versus AD. This is pre-George Floyd. It was very, very hard
0: I can imagine.
1: Um, because we've been you know, screaming, screaming, but really kind of campaigning the power of Black culture and how when it pops in Black culture, it does that before it pops in pop culture. And when it gets to pop culture, we already on to something else. So the goal should be to tap into where the wave is riding, so if you are a brand and these are the conversations I had and I would be like, hey, this is what's popping. This is what's going on. And it's on this trajectory. And they are all looking at, oh, no, but this is over here. This is hot. We need to get on this. I'm like, well, it's going to cost you. you yeah, can do that. it's going to cost you. But then that's going to potentially drop. So you want to ride the wave up. I mean, we were 2012. We were AT&T was working with Drake. Back yeah. then, before when he released his mixtape, this is pre Drake. Drake. This <laughs> Drake, is this Drake. Drake. This is pre. This is, this, is, this is pre Champagne Poppy. Pre Champagne Poppy sponsored that first tour. It's being able to ride that wave, and you get the credit that comes from that part of it. It was a, a running joke, even, you know. Um, I love shouting out our other media brands as well, because I always like to say we're on the same side of the table moving absolutely, forward. Yeah, uh, but what, what Carolina's doing over at Essence, I managed State Farms, uh, managed a part of State Farms sponsorship of Essence Music Festival for like a decade. Yeah. And it was, I booked all of their talent and it was always a running joke because for some reason I've had a cultural clairvoyance. I'm able to kind of see the things that's about to bubble and then jump on it. And for those brands that trust me, they get the benefit that come from it. And so it was a running joke that- I'm laughing. Everyone, I'm sorry.
0: Because when you mentioned that, I only think about, you forgot to let people know you were also security for Kofi. Uh, 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 oh
1: my God. Kofi. Uh, oh man, that was- that was From, a, from, Queen, from Sugar. Queen Sugar. Oh man, that, that I worked way hard on that one. But yes- it's finding people like him before he really pops. And that, that's what would always happen. I had Taraji Henson. Yeah. I had Taraji the year before, the summer before Empire. Wow. So if you think, yes, she meant something to us, but then once the and she came to Essence, I ain't even gonna say what I paid her there. It was good money, but it wasn't after Empire. It was like, yeah, I'm a need triple that because i'm hot in these streets and i'm like absolutely keep yeah. being hot i'm proud and happy that you're able to do those things so it became a running joke that we would get everybody the year before they really pop omari harwick i had him right before you know uh power really really popped so it just really allowed these brands to feel like you know what we we was on that before it did it i mean um one of the reasons i got my job here uh was because i identified something that was about to pop and um so i'll give a quick story okay i get long winded at times.
0: time no no break it down
1: yeah he's like break it down so back in i think 2018 um, I was doing some pro bono work for my uh, my current boss, who is Eden Bridgman, the daughter of Junior Bridgman, and they were. This yeah, the before, Bridgman
0: family, very the wonderful Bridgman wonderful family, family. dope family.
1: Yes, yeah. look them up. Super dope family. They purchased Ebony and Jet out of bankruptcy, yeah. along with the wonderful other businesses that they own. But they were doing their charity event in uh, Kentucky. They live in Louisville, Kentucky, big in the community there. And so around Kentucky Derby, they do a large charity event. And so from that event, the uh, father had been running in his team. And so he wanted to pass it on to the children to be able to run it. And so it was three children, Ryan, Eden, and Justin. Justin, I'm good friends with Justin. And so Justin knew what I did for a living, especially from a talent perspective and identifying opportunities. And so they had, he invited me up to take a look at what they were doing from their charity event and to see what are the opportunities to make it better and also to tap into a younger audience. Because the people that they had tapped into an older audience, which is really more their dad's age. So the first year I went, the, um, the galas Super dope gala, very nice. You know, I love to put on a good tuxedo and go to an event. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you talking about
0: the Kentucky? You're still talking about Kentucky Derby. Kentucky Derby. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things outside of the Met is just seeing how Black people are going to dress at the Kentucky Derby because it's 100%.
1: Y'all yes. gonna know y'all gonna know we here and we're gonna be here. <laughs> we're gonna be here and y'all gonna see us. So they yeah, y'all do gonna this see us. Trifecta Gala, which is a large black, you know, Rand Gala for right. their foundation. And so I came there yeah. and you know I walk in and I was they were like, Oh yeah, we have this. I was like, oh, okay, you got um event who's the musical guest, and they were like, Oh, the musical guest is Stevie Wonder, and the host is Arsenio Hall. And I'm over here like, oh, th- this is real. Like, I don't even want to know, because I go back into the work. I don't even want to know what Stevie's rider cost is to get him on a plane yeah. <laughs> from California That's- to Louisville, Kentucky to perform for this pri- private event with a full band.
0: That's literally living music. That's what Stevie Wonder is. I just see- Yes. when I, I don't even when I. Here, Stevie Wonder, I just think of a music note. I don't even see a person. Of <laughs> 100%. Like, oh,
1: you got Stevie, Stevie? And then <laughs> Arsenio, like, whoop, 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 who, Paul is the host. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, this is, this is serious business over here. OK. I'm looking around. I'm analyzing. I'm doing the thing that I do, just kind of checking it out and whatnot. And super dope event. It was super great. And so, you know, kind of came back after they asked me for kind of some notes and what I was thinking. I was like, yeah you know, love CB Wonder, love Arsenio Hall, but if you're trying to get younger and get kind of some more energy, we need to next year, look at some, some different opportunities from a talent and a hosting perspective. And so from that, the next year, kind of, as we were having those conversations, they were pulling me into some of those to kind of advise. And they ended up booking Usher to be the performance next year. I was like, Absolutely, still very relevant, still high caliber, A-list. So you get in the buzz and the name, but also it brings in that next generation, and also even a little bit younger because there's a recognition that's right there. This and is so before Usher residency too, right? This is before Usher residency. Yes, this is probably this is 2018 ish. Uh, so pre-COVID, yeah. 2018, 2019. And so this is 2018, first year I went. I think 2019 was the this conversation that we were having. And so they were thinking and going through different hosts. And it was like, oh, we're thinking about bringing in uh, Steve Harvey as a host. And we're going to bring in this DJ. And I was like, let's talk. I was like, Usher, yes. I don't know. Steve is great from a hosting perspective, but I don't know if that necessarily fits. I'm seeing something bubbling out there, which you should have with Usher. You pair him with this thing that I'm seeing called, and I keep saying this, this is before COVID before COVID, you should pair him with the Nice and Burns show, which is D-Nice and Kenny Burns. Wow. D-Nice, Kenny Burns, you have a phenomenal event. That's where you want to go because all the people that you want to come to this event that are now the executives that are out there, this is who they're, li- they're listening to. And yeah. this is who they're tapping into. That's where you need to do it. Nice. Eden told me, I don't think D-Nice is big enough. And I, I literally begged her. I said, Eaton, listen to me. This is who you need. I'm telling you, Kenny Burns, D-Nice, that's who you need. And I was sidebarring with with D-Nice uh, directly and, and Kenny about, all right, here. And D was like, I want to go to Kentucky Derby. I just want to do the Kentucky Derby. Like, here, I can give you the, the family discount. Like, I think it might have been like, 10 grand or something, 10. It was that number. Like it was like relatively speaking, it was like, because you can't get D nice to answer the phone for 10 grand right now.
0: But he did the Hollywood bowl, like amazing. He did
1: the Hollywood, he's on a whole different level, and I'm super proud to where he is. And doing that, but, but literally, they wanted, I mean, they were like, we don't know if he's big enough. And then the pandemic happened. And Eden told me, she's like, you begged me, you told me, you told me. And I was like, I know, I didn't know, of course, all of this was going to happen, but it's finding those key things of where you're seeing culture going and being on the forefront, which hopefully is what I'm trying to do from a jet perspective. But that lesson there is really ingrained in Eden's mind. So when the opportunity came up and she called me that November, because, Mind you, when I when I left Wingstop to go work at Initiative, Eden had called and was like, hey, I didn't know you were an option. And I was like, oh, I'm always an option for the right conversation. (laughs) Like, well, We just bought Ebony and Jet, you know, let's stay in touch. She says, I want to date you from a professional standpoint with the hopes that I can find something to be able to ask for your hand in marriage professionally. And I was like, I get it. So we would talk once a month, kind of do all of that. And then she called me that November and was like, I got it. What would you do if I gave you the keys to Jet? Because we don't know what to do with it. It's a great property. It's a great brand, but we need to bring it back to life and give it its due justice, but also do it in a way that doesn't cannibalize what Ebony is doing. And so that's the task that she reached out to me. But that all started from Kentucky Derby and just doing some pro bono work, just being able to kind of help a friend out that led me to the, you know, down the course of action in order to be sitting before you right now.
0: I love it. Beautifully said. And I think you, you, you touched on something that was important through, through all of that, which is really not just going for the the flashy things, you know, where I think that we see things that are right in front of us, but digging deeper to actually catch someone at the beginning of their journey yeah. to grow with them. And I think, that's why people love you because you you've done that I just think throughout your life not only uh, uh professionally but also personally I think when it comes to friends and people that you know it's like you've like I mean me for instance we I we were in the trenches literally trenches <laughs> like I was in the trenches you know but it's like okay let's 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 make something shake let's actually get this yeah. done. Um, so I love I love that. And any uh, brands or you know that are listening. I, I mean I highly encourage you to partner with Jet as well as you know, president of Jet. Call and-
1: me. I ain't hard to find. Everybody get my number. <laughs> I am not, yeah, people get that- surprised when I meet and I'll be like, here's my cell number. They're like, wait, what? Like, I ain't hard to find. Like, let's have the conversation because from that, I just have seen just even in our interaction, we probably worked together maybe three, four months, six max. Yeah, but man. it was one of those to whereas you know, we were in the trenches, we figured the things out, we presented, it didn't even get picked up. But we maintain in contact with each other because you're right, I, whatever I can do to pour into others, it ends up coming back tenfold. And yeah. I don't do it for the sake of it coming back to me. I do it because I genuinely like to see and love to see people flourish and be able, be able to do it and if I can be able to give anything to help that flourishing part of it that's a hundred percent my motivation and I you know it's just turned out great for me um and it comes back tenfold but that's not my motivation I really just love to see it so so definitely thank you for that.
0: Absolutely. Now let's dive into something else because I know that, you know, through, I mentioned the brands and partners that are listening, but also have a ton of influencers, other podcast hosts that also listen to this show. Um, I know that you all have done some special edition printed jet magazines. And so (laughs) with that comes a cover. And obviously, I think it is still one of the you know most iconic places to land. Whether you're a celebrity, a mus- uh, music artist, you know, uh, an artist, a fine artist, somebody Just that's a person, amazing. yes. If, if you're on that cover, it still means something. But can you walk us through the most recent um, edition that you all did with the? I believe it was with the founder and CEO of Slutty
1: Pinky yeah. Cole, who is. I mean, if you've not heard of Pinky Cole, I'll be surprised. Uh, but she is a juggernaut from a marketing perspective, from a branding and what she's been able to do with the Slutty Vegan brand. You know, so shout out to Pinky um, you know, and her husband, Derek, or about to be husband, Derek. They're getting married this summer, I believe. Uh, but they're kind of a, a juggernaut in Atlanta. Um, I met Pinky at Essence Music Festival last year. Went down there and uh, this was my first year going to Essence and not working technically and not working for a brand or anything like that. Cause even when I left uh, the marketing arm and the, and handling the sponsorship of state farm, they brought me back. I was working at Wingstop, So I would take a vacation week and they would hire me to manage the sponsorship and the talent for <laughs> a music festival in state farm. Cause I had been doing it for so long. Mm-hmm. And my, the clients was like, Oh no, we need Daylon. Like, <laughs> we need that, you know, um, what is the institutional knowledge that comes with it. And so last year was the first year when it came back that I went and not working for it. So I got to, you know, see it through a different light. And so I'm uh, in a little VIP area and I ran into Pinky Cole and I walked up to her. I recognized her because I had been following her journey and it was like, hey, Great to meet you. My name is Daylon. I'm the president of Jet. And she was like, wait a minute, like Jet Magazine, like Jet. And I was like, yeah. And we just sat there and concerts going on. Maybe Janet was, somebody was on, Big, But we were so ingrained focus. She was pregnant. She was literally about to pop like nine months pregnant. And we're sitting back there just riffing back and forth. She's doing the whole thing that people do and telling me, you know, what I should do with Jet. And I'm, you know, she (laughs) has some credibility. So let me know. Like, let's. And she's like, you know, I want to be on a jet cover. And I was like, you and everybody and their mama want to be on a jet cover. Everybody wants to be on jet cover. Yeah. But the print business doesn't make as much sense right now. And even if it was an Instagram post with
0: somebody and on the cover, they still want it. They just want that. They
1: just want that because of not necessarily the physical copy. It's really about what it means from a cultural perspective. It is being verified or going viral before you even go viral, before anybody knew what viral was. You want yeah. to cover that? That's that stamp of approval to Raji Henson. She told me that. She's like, Jet was the first uh, one that put me on a cover. And I was like, that was your stamp of approval? She's like, absolutely. Most Deaf talked about how and told me that, well, Yasin Bey, let me give his correct name. Yasin Bey talked about how his grandfather- Um, Even though he had made albums and, um, you know, sold records and been on tour and was making money, his grandfather would always still say, you know, you need to go get you a good job. The post office is hiring, you know, get you a job with some benefits. Up until the day he was on the cover of Jet. And he's like, (laughs) grandfather never asked me another because he collected every jet and he did that. So in that conversation with pinky, we were just throwing things back and forth and just being able to say, Oh, that's good. We should do. I was like, well, this is why we can't do that. These are the challenges here. This perspective." And we just had a brainstorming session in the middle of a concert, um, Mm -hmm. and just kind of back and forth. And so with that, we just kind of left. We was like, we should stay in touch. We absolutely will. Let's exchange information and whatnot. Then I, after that, I ran into Lincoln Stevens. Yeah, shout out to Lincoln yes. Stevens, and, and Marcus, and Project. Marcus Graham Project. And him and I came up with the idea at that moment to do the program for MGP's 50th anniversary and Boomerang's 30th anniversary. We literally came up with the idea standing side stage there. And I was like, I think we can make it happen. Let's do it. And so we ended up making it happen for that event, which was 250 copies for the gala and just turned it around. And basically about a week or two turnaround, we really (laughs) flipped that around. From doing that and seeing that, then I called Pinky and I said, you know what? I got an idea for you. Let's do a special edition, all things Pinky. And instead of just you being on the cover or you being the Jet Beauty of the Week or anything like that, all the things that you're doing and that you touch point and tap into, we'll put it in there into a whole situation and then we'll sell it in your stores as kind of this nostalgic novelty item that is in common. It's this, this advertorial type of situation to do it. That's a great way to use our brand, combine it with your brand and do it in a way that is very responsible and the ability to kind of bring it to life without it, we're overstepping or getting too far ahead of our ski. So that's how that came up.
0: It's it's brilliant in the sense that I think that there is there was like this gratification, right? Of seeing jet every week. And now it's it's almost literally the opposite to where when we do see it in that capacity, there's a gratification because it's yeah. like, oh, this feels so fresh. When is the next yes. time? It's like it's like, yes. oh, it's tangible. It's like really, really custom. So Um, I love that. Absolutely. One of the things that I do want to dive into is, you know, we talked a lot about your professional career, everything that you're doing at JET, but for our listeners at home, you know, I always encourage people to go outside and my friend, you are no stranger to going outside. I know that you and your wife recently dived into exploring uh, parks and national parks across uh, the United States. So I would love to be doing your research. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> listen you mentioned arsenio hall i mean i'm trying to <laughs> i love it i love it i
1: preparations all right um,
0: come on say the call keep me, keep
1: me keep you folk all right we're going folk we're professional we gotta go
0: <laughs> i know but i know that you and your wife have recently toured several different parks and i just want to know um what what is it what's fulfilling about that process
1: I mean, it's that part of being a kid from Kansas City, Kansas, and and I always go back to that. I'm from Wyandotte County, Kansas City, Kansas, home of Janelle Monae. I know she's making a a, a big splash right now, but she grew up round the corner type situation, and so
0: that. That's- yeah,
1: from the dots like and so from living there in the in the middle of the country, we you know worked in a situation of you know we were always. You know, wanted to kind of see the world. Like, I'm in the middle of the country. So I never saw a ocean until I was 22. Like, because I'm in the middle of the country. Kansas is in the center of the country, Kansas City. But So it was always this want and this need and this feeling of exploring of sin. I used to read Encyclopedia Britannica. One of my favorite books was the Guinness world book of records all because I was able to see what was going on in all other parts of the world. So when I became an adult and having the ability to go and see those things, it was just something that, you know, I gravitated towards. And then when I got married, my wife is big into trees. She loves outdoors and seeing those. So I found a partner to do it with because me, I don't necessarily like doing things by myself. I am the baby of my family. So I'm always was tapping beyond or tapping into, you know, my older brothers or older cousins. Where y'all going? Can I go with y'all? I always wanted to have this communal type situation. And so finding a partner that wanted to do those things with me was super dope. And so in the exploration of, you know, national parks, I'll give quick history lesson. I think it was in the fifties or sixties, black people couldn't go to national parks. They Mm. were banned from national parks. So in a lot of times, our parents didn't grow up going to national parks because literally they couldn't, they were not allowed to. So now we're in this phase. We don't want that to continue to be able to see it because here's the thing, America has some great national parks. We took our family, um, we took 23 people to Yellowstone. Wow. Like it was 23 of us that went. And I we didn't pay for everybody, but everybody <laughs> came. Like I, not we still try to figure these things out. But we literally rented a house in Big Sky. Everybody flew in on Southwest. We drove. We had, you know. And this uh, was pre this was pre-Southwest stuff too, by the way. But this is pre-Southwest know. stuff as well. But they flew into Bozeman, Montana and it was like, oh, our family can afford to be able to get a Southwest flight. Let's do something that's a little bit different, but also familiar. And we had trucks went on down there and then, you know, I put together cause you know, my wife and I also work in marketing. So we put together a full deck. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> what's the weather going to be like? What you should pack? What we're going to do each day. This is the yeah. timing. And so we had it fully <laughs> planned out. Because we also didn't want everybody to ask us questions. It's like, did you refer to the deck? (laughs) Oh, well, so what should I bring? Did you refer to the deck? The deck has it all in there. And so did that whole thing. And it was one of the most wonderful experiences. I got to see, you know, as a kid from Kansas, I got to see Old Faithful. You hear about it in geography class all day long, but to actually go see it. And it was faithful. It went off at the (laughs) time. they said it was going to go off like it was super super dope um you know it was being able to see the the grand canyon of yellowstone and recognizing why they call it yellowstone because of the yellow limestone rock and it was so beautiful that it felt like it felt like a picture like i kept rubbing my eyes because Mm what my eyes saw i didn't all the way believe and so i always encourage you know Things that we can be able to do around here, drive to Smoky Mountain National Park. We um we drove to um White Sands National Monument in New Mexico. One of the crazy, it looked like the moon, I oh. think, would look. Wow. You know, if you've never seen it, if you I'm gonna date myself, um it was water runs dry video by boys to men. They filmed it in White Sands National Monument. And it was just white sand. It wasn't really even sand. It was uh, basalt, I believe. Yeah. With, you can take your shoes off because it doesn't hold heat. So you can walk on it like with your bare feet. But being able to explore and see those things that are around here, that's something we just caught the bug of and things that we lean into. And then from a cultural perspective, it was a guy that walked up to me, white guy, when we were looking at um, at Old Faithful. And he's just like, I don't want, mean to be rude or anything like that, but it's so good to see you here. And I was like- No, oh, no, 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 no. He's like, not that much audacity in the world. He had the audacity to oh. walk up, but in a good way. It was a positive situation. He's like, cause here's the thing. We don't see that many black people here. Wow. He's like, so the fact that you're here and you have your entire family I mean, kids as young as three just walking up and they're just looking at it like this is what we're supposed to do. And being able to share those things with our family and do that uh, are just things that are important to us. And I encourage Each person listening this, just explore the things that around, you know, yes, going to Miami to turn up or going to and Caicos or going to Dubai. All of those things are are great, but you can find some super cool things and opportunities to do in the United States. And the fact of the matter is this is our land. I, I kept singing in my head. This land is your land. This land is my land from California to the New York island. This is our land. So why not take advantage of all the opportunities that that are presented to us? Because our tax dollars go to supporting these things. So why shouldn't we enjoy them?
0: I love that. Definitely. So all in all, you all go outside. You say say you're outside, but you ain't back outside. You're not that outside. outside. Go all the way outside. Go all the way outside. Go Go all the way outside. That's what we're saying here. Oh, listen, my friend. Well, look, we've reached the point of the show to where I Asked every guest to come on the show. If there's a dose of anything that you have to give for the culture, what do you want to give the culture a dose of?
1: Oh, man. I think a dose of understanding our history and using that history to fuel our future. Um, Not to sound too branded, but one of the things that I've been leaning into is this thing called Fueled by Jet. To whereas we don't want to be everything to everybody we want to make sure we're something to somebody and so in that same way of this dose and and leaning into you know the the kind of um parallel to caffeine and you know coffee and black coffee and that part of it it's just one of those things to be able to have and let our history fuel our future i just you know with all the things that are happening right now shout out to florida um, with yeah. trying to erase the things that, you know, we've built that our place in our positioning here, we yeah. have to make sure we work diligently to make sure everybody knows these things, because the more you don't know, the more they can pull the wool over your eyes. So that's kind of my dose is from a historic standpoint, being able to tap into that, being able to lean into that, being able to support these institutions that are the curators of our culture because there is a war and assault on those things and we can't let that happen. So that's what I'll say. And I will say my wife just dropped my, we're moving. Oh, so
0: there we go. From we here go. <laughs> to
1: here, <laughs> from a branding perspective, yeah. To be to see that I, I cherish these right here to be able to kind of see where we came from a year ago to what we're doing right now. These are actually in stores around the country uh, if they haven't sold out. Um, we did a uh, push. I think they're in Walgreens and Targets and right. Walmarts uh, around Atlanta and all the epicenters of Black culture. So definitely check it out or just order it online uh, from Pinky Cole's website, sluttyveganatl.com. You can be able to order it. So get your own copy, man. We'll yeah. do that. Brandon, I look, appreciate look, it. Though.
0: Before you get out of here, because I know that I feel like everybody has their own, what is your favorite jet cover of all time?
1: Ooh, ooh, wow. see now, cause I, so I go digging in the crates, um, <laughs> just to kind of go through, I was saying my favorite jet cover was, it was a, and, and this, it sounds cheesy, but it was of Richard Pryor. Hmm. It was the week I was born. Got it. My birthday is April sixteenth, nineteen seventy eight, and so that he seems was to be on. A thing with a lot of people getting jets uh, on their on their birthday on
0: their ber- I don't. It's a, yeah. Yes. It's it, but it is a thing. I've heard it's, it's a so thing. Times.
1: There's a there's a um creative out there. Crystal Franklin. Um, who, who's super dope creative uh, out in LA and done a bunch of stuff. She used to be on The Real and stuff. But I remember her, before I even took this job, I remember her talking about how for her birthday, she would get jet magazines for different years that was on her birthday. That was like a significant type of thing because you can jet, Black people did not throw away jets. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> they are in attics, they are in uh, boxes, all of that yeah. stuff. I bought quite a few of them but, you know, that was one of her things, and that, I think, is one of those, because people want to be able to see what was going on on that particular day. So I will go, that's my favorite Jet Magazine, Jet Cover. Richard Pryor one, nice. The Richard Pryor. But I also, from my career significance standpoint, uh, September 15, 1955, which is the the uh, magazine that uh, Emmett Till's photos was inside Mm. and a lot of people don't that was really the big catalyst for the trajectory of JET because shout out to 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 black media that covered that the Chicago Defender and others um actually President Biden gave us a shout out at the White House Correspondents Dinner and talking about how black media covered those things you recognize that you know in the South Black people were getting lynched way before then, but the fact that those pictures were printed in Jet, it made the country do something about it. So I always use the parallel of the fact that Jet was to Emmett Till with Twitter and social media was to George Floyd. These things were always happening, but then when you have to see it, you then have to confront it. And once you confront it, then you have to do something about it. And so... Understanding our position and our place in, in history and that that magazine was very, very significant in that part of it. I'm still trying to track one down for myself. They're a little hard to find and held on. So if anybody's on here that got one, September 15, 1955, I'll let you boy. But those are kind of the two ones that are, are super key for me.
0: Ah, oh, listen, this was absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for, I know you have, you hold so many titles, but, um, you know, uh, a cultural historian is ultimately, um, I think, you know, what you're doing with this huge responsibility. For my listeners at home, what is the best way that they can keep up with you, keep up with Jet? I'm sure that, you
1: know, your LinkedIn will probably
0: be going
1: ham, ham.
0: Uh, me. uh yeah. <laughs> I ain't
1: I ain't hard to find. Uh my Instagram is at everybody loves Uh it's not a Bane situation. No. Like, sometimes I feel weird, <laughs> but it comes off of Everybody Loves Uh Raymond. Raymond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. It's know, too late. It's,
0: was like, listen, we and we and we know it so much, and it's it's been on things you can't even go back at this point. You can't go back. If just, people don't love you, they gotta try to find a way to love you. <laughs>
1: And I appreciate all the love that I get. So that's how you find. Uh, follow us on Instagram at GetJetMag. Um, I've been in a battle with Instagram and Meta because I'm trying to get at Jet, but they won't give it to me. Um, ooh, so if anybody from, you know, I put it out in the atmosphere, I'm trying to get at Jet. I already have at Jet on Twitter. We were able to get that. Prior to literally one week prior to Elon Musk taking over, we got at Jet. So those are the things that, you know, I have to uncover and try to redo in this position that I'm in. So uh, put that in the atmosphere. Those are the two probably best places to be able to follow us as a brand at Get Jet Mag on Instagram, at Jet on Twitter. And then me personally um, at Everybody Loves Dalen on Instagram.
0: Hey, there you go. Listen, I thank you so much for coming on the hundredth episode. Episode of- one hundred. I am so <laughs> one hundred of a dose of black Joint and caffeine. There'll oh, never be another episode one hundred. So, oh
1: um, this- man, I'm I'm so proud of you, <laughs> and I'm so thankful for you. I got to make sure I called that out absolutely man love your journey love what you're doing and i appreciate you allowing me and sharing your platform with me and with our brand okay. so let's definitely support black media support black brands let's let's definitely support black influencer black culture makers black you know content creators across the board that's what we want to do and going to do so definitely follow us there are future things that are coming i'm literally trying to create a platform that's a kind of new thing. I'm creating a platform that will allow us to support creators as well. So, more to come mm-hmm. on that. I um, have to go down to Render ATL next week and speak, where we're going to do a, a big announcement about that. So, definitely follow us at get jet mag at jet on social um love you man appreciate you
0: absolutely absolutely same back here and thank you all to my listeners out there for listening to the 100th episode of a dose of black joy i mean yes it has been extraordinary season six there'll never be another 100th episode but we would not have been able to get this far if it wasn't for all of you listening so thank you once (laughs) again And as always, remember that you deserve a dose of Black joy and caffeine. Until next time, I'm ado. Take care.